Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great interview and session. And this is another session in part of our series where I am sharing some of the audio uh, presentations from the Talent Development Virtual Summit that we hosted just a few weeks ago. And today I'm sharing my interview with Claude Silver from the Talent Development Virtual Summit. Now, if you have been listening for a while, you might remember that Claude was on this podcast uh, sometime in 2019. It's absolutely one of my favorite interviews and episodes. We covered so much great ground about empathy and culture and recruiting and developing people and just putting the uh, human back in human resources, one of the missions that she's on. And we continued that with a conversation during the Talent Development Virtual Summit all about culture and building a culture of empathy. Now, if you don't know Claude, she is uh, the chief heart officer of VaynerMedia, a digital advertising company in New York City run by Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a very famous uh, entrepreneur and uh, social media um, I don't know, mainstay, if you will. Uh, and Claude does a lot out there uh, in her own right. Claude has a long career in strategy and sales before moving into her role as head of HR for Vayner. And I've never met anyone more full of kindness, generosity, and love for her people than Claude. She's uh, hosts uh, podcasts, shares tons of inspirational content all across social media, and has been a key reason why VaynerMedia is one of the best company cultures in the corporate world. And of course, she's been on this podcast in the past. Highly recommend you go back and check out that two-part interview that we released. I interviewed her in person that time. One of the few interviews I've done in person, I actually went to New York City to visit her office and meet her in person because I've been so impressed with everything she's done. And I'm glad I got a chance to do that back in the old days when we could do that type of thing. Uh, and this one, of course, was done virtually. Now, again, this was part of the Talent Development Virtual Summit. We had 32 speaker sessions plus a number of live uh, Q&A sessions, and all of the recordings from all of those sessions are in, um, included in the member vault of the Talent Development Think Tank community that I run. Uh, the Talent Development Think Tank community is a community where talent development professionals can come together on a regular basis to connect, learn, share, grow, um, get questions answered, and solve real challenges. We have some fantastic 
members in there from around the talent development community, talent development world, uh, all across North America and Europe. And if you are in talent development, you like connecting with others, learning on a regular basis, we'd love for you to come join us. We have a weekly call every Wednesday on Zoom, as well as an online platform to network. We bring in guest speakers on a regular basis um, and do open sessions where people can bring questions and challenges and help each other. And uh, you can get access to the recordings from all of the sessions on the Talent Development Virtual Summit when you join. So if you're interested, just go to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us, and all the information is right there. You can also reach out to me if you have any questions. All right, without any further ado, here is my interview with Claude Silver, Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia. Want to learn how to create an amazing culture even in a virtual world? If so, then you are in the right place. Make sure you tune in for this session. Hi, my name is Andy Storch, your host, and I'm so excited to introduce you to today's amazing guest. Claude Silver is the Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia. Claude has a long career in strategy and sales and marketing before moving into a role as head of HR for Vayner, and I have never met anyone full of more kindness, generosity, and love for her people than Claude has. She has also uh, hosts a podcast as well as shares tons of inspirational content all across social media and has been a key reason that VaynerMedia has one of the best company cultures out there in the corporate world. Thank you, Claude, for being with us here today. Thank you, Andy. It's great to see you again. Yeah, really great to see you. Um, it's been so fun getting to know you and learning from you, being inspired by you. And, um, you know, before COVID hit, all this started, you were already um, really engaged with your people and creating a, a really engaging, empathetic, um, wonderful culture uh, of engagement. And I'm curious, just to start, how have things changed? How have you pivoted at Vayner under COVID into this remote world? Well, I got to tell you, we pivoted within 24 hours, like many companies, because it was a necessity to keep our people safe and healthy. And what we've seen happen is some amazing, inspirational collaboration, I have to say. I think the, the fact that we went from a completely non-work-from-home culture to a 100% work-from-home culture has been outstanding, especially in you know, creative marketing advertising companies where you really have been so used to sitting with one another and jamming with one another and whiteboarding with one another it's very different it's a lot of kind of alone time in front of a screen so the fact that we've been able to cross-pollinate and work as integrated teams in little boxes really does it blows me away and some of the work that i've seen uh, come out whether or not it's it's um UGC work with our video production company or uh, creative campaigns has been uh, just, I think actually better than what, I, what it probably would have been had we been sitting there with each other. There's also an element of speed that, um, that we had to get used to and start to, I would say, own, if you will, because speed is very different when you're sitting next to each other and you can vie off of each other's energy. So um, it's just been great watching people get together, jam, and get some great creativity out there. Yeah, I bet. And, and it is interesting, right? Because you, in the, on the one hand, you've got a lot of, it's a, a culture of knowledge workers, and it's sometimes easier in a company like that to pivot to working from home. And yet you're so reliant on 
teamwork and people working together in teams, that it's got to be very different. So in thinking about that, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've seen to maintaining a great culture, maintaining that engagement in this virtual world? Yeah, I mean, there's many, there are many challenges, right? It's Jay-Z, you know, 99 problems. Uh, but we find our way through them, I would say. I think, you know, the, the obvious challenges that everyone is having is, how do I stop working? Like, because I'm home, does that mean I'm on until 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night? Does that mean I'm expected to answer texts over the weekend? That kind of stuff, which is different because in the office setting, you actually do leave the office, you close the door, you might check your email once or twice, but by no means are you pumping out deliverables uh, every night. So that's been very challenging. I think everyone else uh, has also experienced, you know, Zoom or Google Hangout fatigue, where it takes a lot of energy to make sure that we're connecting and I can't read you as well as I would read you normally. You can't really tell my body, my body uh, uh, energy and communication, but uh, you know, so you have to lean in even more so in terms of like listening has been really key. Um, listening, creating rituals within teams because normally you have rituals, you know, you all come in on a Monday, you know, hey, how was it? How was your weekend? Oh, did you see that movie? So forth and blah, 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 whatever. And now you have to, with intention, find ways to kind of break the ice a little bit before you get into the heart of the matter because we're, we're tired, you know, it's, a, it's exhausting. So those are, I would say, the two biggest um, challenges that we have faced and, and everyone else is facing too. So, um, and then I, I think the other one is really interesting, which is like, can I still take time off even though I'm working at home? <laughs> you get that like, question. Yeah, is it okay for me to take vacation days? I mean, and the answer is yes, you must. Just like you must get up uh, off of your chair and stop looking at a screen multiple times a day. You just need to take these micro breaks and you just need to take some vacation days. Yeah, it's just interesting as I've talking, uh, been talking with so many HR and talent leaders um, throughout the last few months, uh, we've heard that, hey, you know, for a lot of organizations that had that very much, we are in the office kind of culture, it's been surprising to see that engagement and productivity is up for a lot of companies. But then the risk, the other side is that, like you said, people don't stop working. People don't take vacation because the, the computer's always there. And, um, you know, for those of us, especially with families, you think about taking vacation sometimes, you're like, well, what are we even going to do? So I'll just keep working. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of crazy because uh, it's, it's, um, it's the opposite. It's, it's like intuitive, but it's also opposite because we all know that we all know what we deserve and what we need but we get sucked into this this charade of like well i guess i just need to be working 24 7 all of us do i mean I, I spoke to a very senior person earlier today and he said i worked 18 hours yesterday and i didn't go outside once wow it's a lot it's a yeah lot. yeah people always used to complain about the commute but maybe sometimes we need the commute to just you know do right. something else yeah, I do, for sure. Hmm. You, you mentioned the importance of rituals and how we had those rituals in the office. And um, I saw you posted about this recently too, the importance of creating rituals. Can you talk more about what can companies do to help create some of those rituals to, to help with culture? Totally. So rituals are, um, are, are very common. You know, we do them in our home. We go to synagogue, we go to churches. You know, you, you think of rituals like that. 
um, you know, maybe toasting before you eat dinner or you say grace or whatever. But a, a ritual that we all have been doing many times a day is shaking someone's hand. And in that ritual, you're saying to you're saying to each other, like, I got you, you're safe. In this moment, like we're together, we're in some kind of partnership, agreement, whatever. So we don't have those anymore. And so the rituals that you want to start to, you know, impose, I would say, but I say that with a lowercase I, be intentional about is um, and maybe do, you know, um, icebreakers, maybe do scavenger hunts, maybe do, you know, just silly things like, you know, it's a Tuesday tea, those types of things. You have to think about things that you can do consistently during your stand-up meeting. So like every, every Wednesday morning, we know that we will, for the first five to seven minutes, go around and around Robin and um, you know, talk about the best thing we made over the weekend. It's, it might seem very trivial and trite, but it needs to happen because it bonds us. It binds and it bonds us together in a time where we really are not. I'm here, I'm looking at you on a screen. You know, you've come into my office before. It's a very different interaction right now, right? So, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, like I say, they might seem very trivial, but they're really not when you think about okay, every other Wednesday, we're going to do a scavenger hunt, which is what I'm doing with my team right now. And it's fun. And it just breaks the ice for a change, you know, rather than thinking about, oh my God, working parents, gosh, what are we going to do for working parents? Working, You know, there's 8 million things on my brain right now that I'm thinking about our culture needs. And I also know that to bring this into my team day after day after day without some kind of relief, respite, or, um, you know, it's just a sense of humor is going to drown them. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to kind of account for the, there's so much power in being together in person, those rituals, shaking hands, hugging. Um, you mentioned that, you know, last time we did an interview together, we, we were in person, right? And I, I went out of my way to come there to the office. They knew there would be so much power in us meeting together in person and hugging and sitting down together. And now we can't really do that so much anymore. So we've got to find other ways to recreate that. So you, you're creating a lot of intentional interactions between people, people that still interact, get to know each other and really engage with each other around the office. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, I continue to use the word intentional, but you, you just have to be. And whether or not it's coming from, you know, your art director or your SVP, it doesn't matter. Take it from anywhere you know, suggested if you're, if it's not being, if it's not coming organically to your manager, you know, bring it into your nucleus there because everyone needs it. You need it. And everyone just needs a little like, whoa, this is weird, right? Yeah, this is weird. Okay. Let's, let's like, let's be real here. All right. Yeah. I made chicken for the 140th time last night. How about you? You know, <laughs> for us, it was sausage. Uh, yeah. it was chicken sausage actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that, but there is a commonality for a lot of people to discuss, like, what are, how are you dealing with this? What, you know, what's been going on in, in your house and, you know, what have you been doing? Um, I want to take a step back and ask you a more high level question about this. What does a great culture look like? Well, you're asking me who is very subjective when it comes to that, that answer. Uh, for me, it looks like we've created a place where people authentically, really and truly feel like there is a place and space for them to be them. Not their best selves, not their whole selves, whoever they want to be, whoever. 
that is the first and fundamental trait that I think any good culture needs to have. So belonging, psychological safety. So I'm also safe to be me. That's enormous. And that's something that can be felt. It's not something that, it's not tangible. I can't hand you, hey, Andy, here's some psychological safety for you. It's a pen. You know, it, it has to be in the water. It has to be religion. Um, and then the idea of you, I'm valuable to you. I matter to you. You need, you know, you need me. Because we all want to have, we, we all want to have purpose in what we do, but we all want to feel as though we do matter. You know, that I'm not just employee 389 that I am Claude Silver, this is my job, this is what I do, you know that I have you know, a child and a dog and I'm, I'm something more than just an employee that clocks in and clocks out. So I always think of you know, the bottom of Maslow's Pyramid, which where safety, shelter, and security were anyway. So security, belonging, you know, adding value, recognition, mattering. Those are things that I think are incredibly important. But then you also need, you know, what is, this, what is this company culture all about? So are you built on hustle? Are you built on friendship? Are you built on fear, competition, aggression? You know, and for us, it's, it's a camaraderie. It's a feeling of we are one team, one dream. We are, you know, we work for the logo, which is Vayner. And yeah. that feels really good. Just like if you worked, if you were on the Yankees, you're not rooting for the, for, you know, the Dodgers, you're rooting for your home team. So a sense of pride. Right. You mentioned belonging and psychological safety. Those are so important. There's plenty of studies that back that up. Uh, and yet so many companies don't really provide that. Uh, what advice do you have? Or what are some things that you think your, your organization has done well to create that culture of psychological safety and belonging? Well, the first one is, is extremely simple, which is we spend time with everyone. We spend time with each and every individual, from Gary to me and on down. But the, I mean, that's the first thing. We, you can come into to Vayner as a brand new employee, and I will tell you this on the first day, and then on day 120, you'll feel it, which is we trust first. You don't have to earn our trust. You, you made it through the door. We trust you. This isn't guilty and then you have to prove your innocence. That right there, I mean, that is safety. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to get fired if you lose business. You know, I'm, I'm telling you right now how to succeed at this company. And so by giving you all of that, that's creating, you know, a, a bed of safety, if you will. This is how to succeed here be a nice person. You know, this is how to succeed here. Uh, go out of your way to make someone's day better. Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty easy. So spending time with people, making sure that you're listening to people and understanding what their needs are so that you can provide that at scale. Because if one person needs something, 200 people need it for the most part at work. Um, and, and really just being straight up, like I trust you. Like, just tell me about you. Let's just, let's share with me who you are. I'd like to see you get from point A to point D because that's what you want to do as a human, right? So let's see what we can do here at work to get you at least three quarters of the way there. So it all comes down to just, it all comes down to humanity and putting people first, but really putting your money where your mouth is 
and going that extra mile to spend time with someone. You know, yesterday, someone had set time up with me. He's been here for, uh, I would say, almost nine months. I hadn't met with him. He set up the time. And he shared with me on this call that he struggles with depression. And I thought, my goodness, like, A, how incredibly courageous of you to share that with me. And also, wow, I'm so proud of the fact I work at a company where someone feels like they can share that with me. And then we just jammed. You know what we talked about the rest of the time? Poetry. And we sent links to one another. They're just literally on my, my um, laptop here. We sent links back and forth and read the poems out loud in a 15-minute meeting because that's what he needed, I could tell. He didn't need me to ask him about his accounts. You know, he had been very forthcoming with me. This is what I struggle with. Okay, well, then let's like create a safe, wonderful place for one another right now. Talk about poetry. Bizarre, right? It's the best. It was the best meeting I had all day. Yeah, so amazing and, and courageous and a testament to the, the culture and the person that you are, that people are willing to come speak with you about that. Um, that leads me to another question I wanted to ask you. I think I've asked you this before when we did an interview last uh, many months or a year ago, whenever it was, uh, which is I know one of your missions is to put the heart back in HR uh, or more heart into HR. And I think it's, it's probably needed now more than ever. And it's clear that you, you have it. That's what creates a moment like that. So how can those of us in HR learning and development um, lead with more heart? How can we put more heart back in HR so that more conversations like that happen? Yeah, I love the question. And I love the question because it's a real easy, honest question. Like, and I think if you substitute the human for humanity, like it, it just becomes that much easier for me. I, I feel like, you know, Andy, what I, I, I've been in the working world for 30 years, right? Let's just say more or less. 30 years, a little shy of 30 years. Uh, I know what I need in the workplace. And I imagine what I need in the workplace isn't much different than what you need and Sarah needs and Sally and Roger and Ryan. Because we're pretty similar. And so why wouldn't I want to provide the same thing I need to you? I, I, I just don't understand why I wouldn't want to do that. Because... If, if I know I need it and I need a place where I can come and talk to my, my person in the people department that I'm struggling with a mental health issue or my family issue or whatever issue, like if I need that, you need that. So it just takes a second to think, what do I, what do I need in this moment? If I was the one coming to that guy and saying, you know what, I struggle with depression, I would want someone to hold me too. I don't mean hold me, rock me, you know, well, just hold it, not judge me. And have somewhat of an interesting, gentle, intriguing conversation with me. You know, so I, I really think the answer to that is just look inside yourself. And what is it that you need? And if you feel, or if your answer is, I don't need anything, I need to punch in and out, then you're in the wrong profession. Don't do it. Being in HR, being in the people department means what? I care about people. I care about human beings. I want to see you excel. That's what it means. If that's not for you and that's okay, 
then please pick a different profession and let yourself off the hook. Yeah, powerful. And it's important, right, that we are, we are part of humanity. We're treating people like humans. We have that empathy, uh, which I want to talk about. Something that came up there, you talk about holding space for people listening. Um, you've created this culture of generosity and kindness and empathy and love for others. And I, I think from my own experience and studies, one of the things that really holds people and organizations back in that area is ego and fear, right? So many people have this ego that I need to look out for me and protect my career before I start looking around to help others. How do we overcome that to create this better culture of, of generosity? Again, it's a real common sense answer for me, and, and I wish I had something more scientific to, to share with you, but really what is good for the goose is good for the gander. Like what is good for me is most likely going to be good for you, 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 and you. And so, you know, the, the way to create that is to seriously come down from there and remember that leading the world of HR, the world of people, being a CEO is not about power and control. It's about being a leader of people, helping people get from point A to Z, helping the company grow from zero to profitability. Like there's real, there's real milestones in all of those things. And none of those milestones require behaviors that are, are conducive with ego, hubris, narcissism. It's generosity. I want to get, I want to get you from here to here. Why? Because I also want to get from here to here. And if we get from here to here, the company is going to grow exponentially. I just think that we have wrapped our, uh, we have wrapped up the word and the idea and the philosophy of success into a million different you know, pieces. And I think any company needs to figure out what does success actually mean for them? You know, and I've said, I've shared this with you before and shared this, you know, a zillion times as, as, as Gary, like we are the honey empire. We are 51% honey, which is we put people first and we are 49% profitability. They are both, by the way, almost neck and neck. At the end of the day, we are going to go that much more on people success is still very important to us in terms of revenue and profitability, but our people that much more and that much more is felt. And that's what you're saying. Like, Hey Claude, I really feel like this is the type of leader you are. This is what you're putting into it. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm choosing to do that. That's success for me. I'm every single day I'm leaving a little Claude print on people. And yesterday it was the poetry. You know, and today it will be something else, just like you're leaving your, your, your Andy print on me. And it feels good. Why wouldn't I want to jam with you? Because it feels good. If it didn't feel good, we wouldn't be in communication. So anyway, I'm meandering, I'm meandering quite a bit, but the, the real deal is just, you know, the golden rule really works. And it actually is very, like, it's karmic. You know, doing good to someone else comes back to you. It comes back to your world tenfold. But imagine what doing good does to that person. Spending that much more time with them. If you're an HR professional or you're, or you're a CEO or you're a manager of a team, just giving a you-know-what about people just goes far. Yeah. 
you know, I'm on a soapbox here, but it's just because I, I care so much about this and that, and that we change the paradigm that we're in because we have an opportunity to change it right now because we're all sitting in front of a computer. We're all having the same kind of experience. It's a collective experience. So collectively, we have the opportunity to bring more heart, more empathy, more kindness, more understanding, more tenderness, more generosity into our workplaces right now. Mm. You're not on a plane and you're not running across town in a taxi. Right this minute, you can right. do that. Yep, absolutely. If you're just intentional with it. I yeah. love that. I love the soapbox. Um, so many things that I agree with to give me goosebumps. Um, I did want to ask you, you've kind of touched this already. You mentioned the word empathy. I've mentioned it. You know, when I think of you and I think of your, the leader, founder of VaynerMedia, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think of empathy. And as I w- was studying changes in leadership over the last few months and what people needed from leaders uh, when COVID-19 hit and people were being sent home and there was so much confusion out there, it was communication and it was empathy. And the, yet there are a lot of leaders not necessarily giving with that. So can you talk about a little bit more about how can leaders, how can we infuse more empathy, the importance of infusing that in an organization so that people can be heard and seen? Well, it needs to come from the top. So the fact that I work for a CEO that this is his MO and this is who he is and he talks about it at length and in every platform he possibly can, makes it that much easier. And then he has put me right next to him who runs that way anyway. So if he put this position anywhere else, it wouldn't have the same weight. I have to be, this position needs to be right next to him to scale him efficiently and to make sure that whatever he says at the top, that we are gonna be an empathetic organization is able to trickle down, trickle sideways, and come up from the soil. So, but it has to come from the top, top, top. And there's so much I can do, because it's me and it's who I am, but I need his air cover. And that's what he provides. And that's what I I believe a good CEO, a great CEO actually does. They know their, their company and they know what's happening intuitively, but also intimately. So he's not, you know, guessing, oh, I think today we need more empathy. He knows. And he knows that that's, that's, that's the gasoline you put in this car to run. How have you, um, you know, most of what I wanted to talk to you about was, was culture and engagement. Um, but we are talking with people in talent development, looking for ways to develop their people. We know that our people need to continue to develop and grow. You talk about people going from point A to point B to point D. Um, what sort of things uh, have you put in place or what's worked from a development standpoint in this virtual remote world? Well, you know, bringing in as much training and development as you possibly can is incredibly important. And because we are all on screen right now, we do have the opportunity to all witness and take part in the same training. So whether or not you're doing unconscious bias or a racism, anti-racism training, or you're training people on um, uh, social media metrics, or you're training people on how to use Photoshop or whatever, we have the opportunity right here and right now to do that. So we've brought in a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusivity training, and we're using an outside vendor for that. Uh, We have just brought in a uh, professional coaching company 
that every single person in the entire VaynerX uh, world has access to this online platform called InnerU, which is amazing. We have uh, mindfulness meditation Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 12.30 East Coast time. We do a number of mental health uh, training and development. We do a number of trainings because we have this opportunity right here, right now. So I think the more you can take advantage of where we are right now and in time and use this method of Zoom or Hangouts or whatever you're doing to just to scale, you know, and, and, that's what we're, and that's what we're doing because it's very difficult to train more than 25 people at VaynerMedia in New York because only 25 people sit in the, fit in the conference room. But now we can get 50 people and we can still have an interactive dialogue, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, last question for you. Um, do you have any other practical advice for those looking to engage and develop their people better in this virtual world? Any other things that have worked really well or that you think people should be thinking about? Yeah, I think, so two things. I think one, always listening, and I say that all the time, but I really think listen to what someone's saying and then actually ask them the question of how can I help you? What would take weight off of you right now? Uh, how could I help your team get out of you know, a Monday morning rut? those types of things. So asking those questions that are semi open-ended, but listening for the answers, because if the person is like, I don't know, I'm just in a Monday morning rut. I've got eight people and we're just in a rut. Well, then it tells me without them having to actually say it like, oh, wow, they need someone to come into their Monday morning meeting for 10 minutes and boost them up with inspiration and energy. I can get Gary for 10 minutes. I can get this person for 10 minutes. So I'd say absolutely, you know, listening is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and, and that's something that I will say until my last breath, for sure. And then understanding that people have enormous amounts of anxiety still, whether or not it's COVID, whether or not it's the Black Lives Matter movement, whether or not it's the fact that we don't know when we're going back to work or we have kids at home and we need to take care of them while we're working just understand that our people are going through things that they have never gone through before just like i am and so empathy is huge problem solving together is huge and that's something i really believe this is the moment to do bring other voices in because you never know what that person's idea is going to bring you yeah, absolutely. Listening to find out what it is that people want, what it is they need. It goes back to that empathy and humanity and, you know, the golden rule that you talked about. Yeah. So important. It drives everything. Uh, well, this has been excellent. I, I'm looking back at my notes, all the things that we covered in this interview. Um, we talked about pivoting under COVID, engaging people virtually, what makes a great culture, um, the importance of belonging and psychological safety and how to create a culture of belonging and psychological safety, talking about trust and why we put, you put trust first, how to put the heart back in HR, overcoming ego and fear to create culture of love and empathy. We talked more about that culture of empathy and also the importance of creating great virtual development programs involving more people and the importance of listening to your people. Um, just so much value, Claude. Anything else you want to add before we go? Just have a great day, really. Just have a great day. Take some time off and uh, enjoy the summer breeze. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Claude, for the incredible session uh, full of so much value on 
culture, on empathy, on engagement and development. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and uh, bringing your whole selves, being present, listening, learning. And I hope that you took some valuable stuff away that you'll put into practice. I am your host, Andy Storch, founder of the Talent Development Virtual Summit and Talent Development Think Tank Membership Community. And just remember that there is no position more important in any organization than HR or talent development because you are the ones that can enable the people to get the work done. Uh, also remember to grab your all access pass if you haven't already, and I will see you in the next session.